We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. KJ Podcast, my people, what's going on? San Francisco, California. NFL free agency is hot and heavy right now. This is the busiest week in the football calendar. Not the draft, not week one of the regular season. It's this week. Legal tampering and the first few days of free agency. More transactions, more analysis to talk about. 49ers make their first couple of big moves in free agency. Probably their two biggest. Jarek McKinnon running back from the Minnesota Vikings, and Weston Richburg, center for the New York Giants, your newest 49ers. We're going to break down everything about these players. Sage Rosenfeld, a guest on the show, we're going to have him on in a couple minutes, had a very interesting tweet, and we'll start here with Jarek McKinnon. This is not going to be your typical running back 15 to 20 carries per game. Jarek McKinnon going to be more of a weapon out of the backfield Initially, I did not like how much money the 49ers spent. About $12 million he'll receive year one. Contract has a $30 million max value. Jarrett McKinnon becomes one of the highest paid running backs in the league based off of potential. The more you start thinking of circumstances, the more you realize Kyle Shanahan's willing to throw this kind of money at a running back. He has a plan for the player. It's a projection contract, but Jarrett McKinnon... 
could lead this team in total yards. It could be close to 14, 15, 1600 at a best case scenario, 800 rushing, 800 receiving. Who knows? It's a big deal. It's a big bet. It wouldn't be stunning if Jarek McKinnon came here and didn't produce either, but the 49ers overpaying in free agency. My buddy Nick Wagner, ESPN.com, posting that quote yesterday on Twitter. Kyle knows this is a little bit about overpaying. McKinnon has a great background. People I've talked to up in Minnesota, outstanding character in that locker room. Kyle just doesn't want entitled guys coming in here. They're willing to pay a little bit more than what he's worth. You're not sure how the draft's going to fall out. You do want another running back, but you don't want an awkward piece that doesn't fit with Matt Breida. Jarek McKinnon is, I think, going to be your running back majority of the time this year, but he is not the bell cow superstar running back that he's getting paid for, but you're just counting on moving the football. Who cares how you do it if it's handing off or dump off passes? McKinnon, close to 1,000 total yards there. I mean, my concern is that he was competing with Matt Asiata, Latavius Murray too. He wasn't standing out among that group. Vikings were more of a dink and dunk offense, and they I don't think they had top-notch offensive coaching that you're getting with Kyle Shanahan, that you're getting different scheming and different ways to deploy this guy, and a more talented quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo here, that's going to set the table even more in the run game, you're hoping. So 49ers focusing on offensive line, running back, first week of free agency. They spend little portion of their money. They didn't go after Allen Robinson, like I said. They didn't go after... Sammy Watkins, Richard Sherman was really their only play at corner. The rest of the roster, I think, is going to be sort of fill-in type of things. We found this out about Weston Richburg. He will be your center. 49ers trade Daniel Kilgore to the Miami Dolphins. Only move up a couple picks in the seventh round. Really a salary dump NBA-style trade. Um, I initially thought when I tweeted that they were getting a seventh-round pick. But Kilgore, they wanted to do him good. They wanted to see him play. Um, he was going to be a backup here. Weston Richburg has big potential, played through a bunch of injuries in New York. His tape from a couple years ago at center is dominant. He's a very good pass blocker. He's the smart type of player, an Alex Mack guy who can make protections at the line, make Jimmy Garoppolo's job a little bit easier. He's very athletic, barely weighs 300 pounds. So Kyle identifying a guy, they go out and get him. I've said this a lot on this podcast. The guys Kyle likes, it was like Marquise Goodwin last year. Taylor Gabriel. Pieces that he finds are not always well-known pieces. Weston Richburg signs. A lot of 49ers fans are like, who is he? Wasn't really on the radar screen. Giants O-line historically has not been good up there. That doesn't mean Weston Richburg individually is not a good player and couldn't fit. That's what you kind of see with Kyle Shanahan early in free agency. Surprised they haven't really done much with the defense. Brock Coyle, not in love with that. Um, I don't think he's a starting linebacker in this league. Uh, You still have a couple free agents out there. Maybe they're not done. They're going to let some markets cool off. I love Brock Coyle as your backup and spot starter, but not your starting Will or Mike. So some things to take care of there. Pass rusher, they're not going to be able to solve unless it's draft or trade. Corner Richard Sherman and Akilah Witherspoon look like starters now. I mean, maybe a depth piece. Jimmy Ward's a backup corner. You like your backup situation there. Bottom line, 49ers making some good moves in free agency. 
I think Jarek McKinnon will be an upgrade over Carlos Hyde. I think Weston Richburg provides more athleticism at center. They're not breaking the bank. I'll give you more quick takeaways after we get to Sage Rosenfels on the KJ Podcast. KJ Podcast, we have a special guest, Sage Rosenfels on the line, longtime NFL quarterback, now delivering outstanding analysis on Twitter, writing for thescore.com. Sage, what's going on, man? Hey, not much. Uh, thanks for having me on this afternoon. NFL free agency, hot and heavy. You had a tweet about Jarek McKinnon. Obviously, this podcast, we focus heavily on the 49ers. You envision him playing half running back, half wide receiver in Kyle Shanahan's scheme. Sage played under Kyle in Houston. Um, just wanted to get your thoughts on that because I thought it was an interesting take. Well, I, I just know what Kyle, you know, looks for and, and how his offense from, you know, when I first got with him, he was the wide receivers coach and the quarterbacks coach and then the offensive coordinator when I was in Houston, uh, 2006, seven and eight. So I just sort of have a feel for how he, he thinks. And I also, you know, how he has worked with, you know, different teams, whether it's the Redskins or, or the Cleveland Browns or, or Atlanta. Uh, and now San Francisco. So I just, you know, I study his offense so much, and I feel like I know it fairly well. Know what he's always looking for, and what he was always looking for when we were when we were when we were in Houston. You know, sitting in quarterbacks room, the guys he liked, the types of guys that he really liked, and McKinnon really sort of fits that mold really, really well of the types of guys that Kyle likes. He likes playmakers. He likes smart uh, players who who just do things right. You know, all the time, the first time, you don't have to harp on him about the details. McKinnon's one of those types of guys. He's a playmaker. And, you know, McKinnon's also, he was a quarterback in college and sort of learned how to play the tailback position. Uh, he's a guy that obviously, you know, has a, has a really good ability to, to, to learn something completely new and excel at it. So, you know, my guess is that Kyle will have him doing a lot of wide receiver stuff, you know, getting matchups on linebackers and open space, motioning him out to the slot, uh, starting him in some sort of empty formation and using him, you know, not a lot like how the Patriots were using the running backs this, this year. Like, you know, Rex Burkhead was catching seam routes and corner routes and, and, and you know, little things in the slot where he could beat, a, I said, a linebacker, a, a slow-moving safety. Uh, Kyle loves matchups like that. And I think McKinnon will, you know, be able to, you know, have that mix of tailback slash wide receiver role. It'll be, you know, 80% tailback, but I promise you, he'll be a part of the passing game. Yeah, that's my next question. It's like, is he kind of the number one running back still because it seems like he hasn't really ever been that guy in Minnesota. He hasn't been able to take that torch. So is he this exciting playmaker piece? I guess we have to see what the 49ers do in the draft, but it seems like Kyle's modeling this offense more after Atlanta than he was Cleveland or Washington. It seems like he's focusing so much on throwing out of the backfield. He had Kyle Juszczyk last offseason. So I'm surprised by the contract, but if McKinnon's going to actually carry the ball 15, 20 times a game, it obviously makes sense. But I'm not sure that's going to be the plan. Well, so yeah, you have to, you can't look at it from just the, you know, the tailback perspective, right? So if he would have been a slot receiver who caught 70 balls last year uh, and he was going to get, you know, 7 million bucks, you'd be like, oh, he's going to be a highly paid slot receiver sort of a number two, you know, type of, you know, wide receiver in the NFL, not even number one anymore. These number ones are getting, you know, 12 to $17 million a year. So he's really the sort of mix of running back, uh, you know, slash receiver slash could be a, you know, kickoff returner, all these different things. 
And it, it's hard to put exact value on that because, you know, we know like, you know, LaShawn McCoy makes around seven and a half, eight million dollars. And, uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell is in, is, in, is in his own world. Everyone else is sort of seven and a half million on down. So, you know, is Jerick McKinnon, uh, LaShawn McCoy? No, he's not from a tailback only perspective. You know, McCoy is a guy who can carry the ball a lot all the time, more of a, more of a traditional tailback. And McKinnon's not going to be a guy back there getting 20 to 25 carries because they're, you know, they're paying him a lot of money. He might get 10 to 15 carries uh, and, uh, and, and also play a lot of wide receiver type roles. They're going to have to have another running back. And, you know, in Minnesota this year, it was both him and basically Latavius Murray, Dalvin Cook at the beginning of the season. By the way, that's another good thing about McKinnon. He doesn't have a ton of wear on his tires. A lot of these running backs, I mean, they're, you're coming out of college, these guys are playing right away, you know, playing four years. And we all know running backs, you know, they sort of die early in the NFL. And, you know, he's fairly fresh. He doesn't have all those hits uh, that a lot of guys have after four seasons. Four seasons. But he has shown a lot, and particularly this last season. Uh, but really, uh, each and every year he's gotten better, that he can do a lot of things and be a, be a playmaking type running back that, uh, that, that Kyle Shanahan's been looking for. Essentially, Kyle said, I need to move the football down the field. Jarek McKinnon can help me do that. It may not be traditionally handing the ball off as I've done in the past, but the league is changing. He's been adapting. I I like the move. There was Allen Robinson. There was a bunch of other receivers out here. I guess it's saying, hey, we're, we're feeling good about Pierre Garçon, Marquise Goodwin, Jarek McKibben. It gives us another little dynamic piece to have. I get the move, but... I don't know if they, if they can be done here, Sage. I, I don't know. I think I think one of their early picks in the draft still has to be a running back. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, no, they're going to need two running backs for sure. I mean, there's very few, you know, what I call franchise running backs. There might just be basically one or two in the league. I mean, it's just not a, you know, Todd Gurley is one and Le'Veon Bell is the other one. And I don't know, you know, I love Michonne McCoy, but I, he's not, a, you know, he's just not an Adrian Peterson. He's going to get the ball time and time again back and McKinnon's definitely not that guy he's a smaller player he's not a huge guy so he's just not going to be a pounded type of guy him and Latavius Murray who were sort of you know the the, the lightning and thunder last year but you know you know Murray's a a big strong runner uh and and uh, you know doesn't really break him off for 75 yards not big in the passing game usually McKinnon was on the third down so as I said Kyle just loves those running backs and those types of running backs, those types of athletes, because I, I just don't want to you know, put everybody in this running back or wide receiver or tight end mode. There are some guys who are just athletes, and they can play in multiple positions, and that's, that's hard on a defense. That's hard when you have guys who can do a lot of different things on a football field on a defense. And, and let's just add to this, though. Jimmy Garoppolo has been trained in the New England system. They do more one-on-one, you know, option routes and, 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 and running backs out as wide receiver type stuff. As I said with Burkhead and, and a couple of the guys last year, Deion Lewis, they do a lot of that stuff. This is how Garoppolo is trained. Find the one-on-one matchup. And a lot of times they're doubling receivers, they're doubling tight ends, and the running backs almost always have one-on-one matchups and, and, and with linebackers. And uh, so, so a lot of times a good running back can get an advantage. Sage Rosenfeld's excellent analysis, Kyle Shanahan's offense. I want to ask you this. Richard Sherman, I love the move. It's a very team-friendly contract. He's betting on himself. They don't really have a leader on defense. I think they acted shrewdly. They were talking about trades with Aqib Tlaib. I actually think Richard Sherman was their best fit and the best answer. What were your thoughts on Richard Sherman to the Niners? 
Yeah, I liked it. I, I still think Richard's a good, really good player. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say he's lost a step, but yeah, he's not probably quite as good as he was a, a couple of years ago when he was just really, really hard to throw against. And, and usually the window for corners is about three to four years where they're just really on top of it. And then they just lose just a little bit. But Sherman still has a lot left in the tank. I love the contract on both sides. Uh, you know, as far as the, the 49ers are concerned, there's less risk there because there's incentives. And, and if, if uh, Sherman plays well uh, and plays really well, uh, which that means the 49ers are going to do really well. So uh, if that's if that's the case, then Richard Sherman gets paid. I like contracts like this. I like contracts like this when they're veterans who have made a ton of money, uh, who probably still feel like they've got something to prove coming off an injury. Uh, I, I like to sign a lot, and I think he'll fit right in the mix. And I think probably most importantly, Sherman's, attitude i think his style goes right with what kyle shanahan likes he likes guys who are themselves who just like to compete and are smart guys and go out and win and get get underneath somebody else's skin and let me tell you kyle likes those types of guys yeah he does authenticity is real with him if it's fake if someone's entitled it's not going to work i think richard sherman wants to set up his own shop too interesting to see how that'll play out kirk cousins just signs three years 84 million guaranteed do you think Kyle would have given him that in free agency if they didn't have the Jimmy Garoppolo trade, if they were sputtering along with C.J. Beathard? 49ers obviously had the money. Would Kirk have chosen Kyle over this attractive Viking situation? It's hard for your, you to put yourself in his shoes, but if you were Kirk Cousins and you had Kyle to choose from, bright young coach, Vikings already loaded roster. It, it, it is a hypothetical, and uh, uh, I, I think that the Vikings are a great fit for Kirk Cousins, I mean, I think they, they check it, you know, it's like dating a girl, they, you know, they check so many boxes or, or, or dating a guy or whatever, right? They, you know, and, and Minnesota checks a lot of boxes. They're a really good football team. Uh, they've got a really good defense, got a good running game, great environment to play at home, good franchise ownership, brand new facility. They just built this unbelievable facility out in the suburbs in Southern Minneapolis and uh, you know, and they needed a quarterback. So uh, the thing with Kirk Cousins though, is I just know how much, he loved the attention to the detail uh, and, and the creative minds of both Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. Uh, I mean, he really, uh, I think those two guys to him were, you know, it, it's like, it, it's like, you know, flying first class and everything else is coach. I mean, he felt like he, he flew first class those couple of years, probably felt most comfortable in those offenses and, and just never wanted to go back to anything else. Uh, and you know, that's my guess. He probably didn't love Jay Gruden's offense you know, nearly as much as, as, as Kyle's and, and Sean McVay's. So I can really see, despite probably not having the team yet that, that the Vikings have, uh, I, I could have seen Kirk Cousins maybe even for less money, probably for less money, going out and reuniting with Kyle Shanahan. I know they've got that much respect for each other. Do you think Kyle will change the offense a lot this offseason for Jimmy Garoppolo? You're talking about the Rex Burkheads and New England dump-offs. I felt like they were using shotgun a lot more down the stretch, especially on third and short. What kind of changes did you would you anticipate Kyle making to tailor this more for Jimmy G? I think that that's probably one of Kyle's strengths is that he identifies what people are good at, uh, and he's not just um, sort of fixed to certain passing game or running game concepts. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't just go you know this play's been working since 1975, so we're going to keep running it. Uh, you know, sort of the old West Coast mind. You know, he, Kyle's always looking at concepts and coverages, but he's also always looking at matchups matchups with his players. And one of those, obviously, most importantly, is what can my quarterback do? Not only what can he do, what is he really good at? And so he will find, and he probably found some a lot last year, 
during the season, but as this off season goes and the more, uh, he, you know, he, the, the, the two guys get together, Garoppolo and Shanahan, uh, and just with meetings and things, he'll, they'll find out what he, what, what both each other like, what they both can do. And Kyle will see what he can do. And, and, uh, he'll start designing, you know, concepts and plays that fit for Jimmy Garoppolo and those players. And, and, uh, it should be fun to watch. He, he's got a very creative mind and the attention to detail and understanding coverages and the, and the concepts are absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and the fact that Richard Sherman signed without meeting with other teams. I mean, Kyle, the credibility he's brought to Santa Clara, especially after Chip Kelly, Trent Baalke, Jim Tom Sula, the franchise was fading fast. Kyle has turned the lights on, and um, they're setting up shop there. Kyle sort of brings us a, a little bit of a swag to the whole thing, um, you know, almost a Mike Tomlin type of thing where, you know, he, he doesn't really care. He's, like, you know, he doesn't really care what people think. Uh, he's going to you know, make good decisions. He'll probably make some bad decisions and lose a game here and there. But uh, he, he's just going to do his thing, and he likes players uh, you know, who aren't you know, sort of BS, and they just go out and they keep it real. Uh, you know, players always really like him. He's a young guy. You know, he's only about 37 years old or so, 38 years old. So you know, he's a guy that really interacts well with the players. I mean, I, he listened to Lil Wayne you know, pretty much the, you know, the entire time I was around him. That was like the only music I ever heard. So he really, you know, understands sort of the young culture, the millennium culture, you know, what these guys are like. And, you know, he played a little college football. So, you know, he's been there and done it. And, and uh, he really does relate uh, well to, to, to players. That's why the sky's the limit in San Francisco. But you brought up such a great point. The NFC is going to be a bloodbath. Look how talented this is stacking up to be. Carson Wentz is back next season. Kirk Cousins now in Minnesota. Obviously, Dallas. Um, Pretty much two teams. I'd say two to, to three teams in every division. Uh, you know, like they, they were pretty good this year and probably will be good next year. You know, the Cowboys were down this year, but their defense lost a lot of pieces. But you know, their offense, the whole thing with, with Zeke last year and Tyron Smith was out. Uh, I, I think though they should be an improved football club. Seattle. They seem to have lost like you know half their football team and coaching staff, and, and that's a team that's been consistently one of the best in the NFC. You know who knows where they're going to be, but you know there's some really good teams out there. You know the, the NFC North really has three really good football teams. The NFC South got three good football teams. The East has uh, you could say two, maybe three good football teams, and the West is going to have a couple good uh, you know teams again this year. So uh, it, it will be a bloodbath. The NFC playoffs were way better than the NFC playoffs this past season. Uh, and it should be a good fight to the finish again. It almost comes down to who is your quarterback? Because like, if it's Kirk Cousins against Jimmy Garoppolo in that first round matchup, even if it's in Minnesota, I'm on paper taking the 49ers. We'll see how the season plays out. But you're talking quarterback play here mattering at the utmost level. They let go of Case Keenum in Minnesota. They're going to hope Kirk Cousins is a big upgrade. But NFC going to come down to quarterback play. Jimmy Garoppolo, if he can continue this. They're, I think their ceiling is second round of the playoffs. I think their floor is seven and nine, and it'll depend on the defense a lot. But well, they're, they're an improved football team. Just the fact they were even talking about Niners, the team that you know could make it interesting this year in the NFC, means they've made a lot of good decisions uh, in the last two years, year and a half since they've been there. What well, they've been there a year, I guess, and they've made a lot of good decisions. Whether drafting guys, uh, you know, the, the, the trade for Garoppolo was was really a present. Uh, and, uh, and they, and they've made a lot of good decisions. So hats off to, to Shanahan and, and John Lynch for that, doing a really good job. Two rookies, uh, who are going to be together for a while, uh, you know, look like they've immediately made, you know, San Francisco a legitimate football team again. 
All right, we got Sage for like five more minutes. I just want to do rapid fire with you. Some of the off-season moves. Did you like Tyrod Taylor to Cleveland, Case Keenum to Denver? I mean, are those guys going to succeed or it's just so inevitable they're, they're going to be replaced by a draft pick? Well, I, I like uh, – well, I think in both situations are similar, as, as you said. I, I like Tyrod going to, to Cleveland. I imagine they're still going to get a quarterback. And, you know, at some point, uh, you know, whether if Tyrod plays really well, uh, you know, maybe he goes somewhere else next year and, and the rookie, you know, comes in. You, you just have to see. But you, if, you're gonna, if you feel like you're going to draft uh, a, a quarterback in the first round, the high first round, you better have somebody else in place there. Whether it's an old vet, you know, like Sam Bradford, uh, or it's a guy that, you know, has had some good seasons underneath his, his belt, uh, you know, like Tyrod Taylor. And so, yeah, I, I like that move uh, a lot. And, and uh, I think he'll fit really well in Hugh Jackson's offense. Last thing for you, Sage, you had a tweet about Kaepernick and it's always such a hot button issue. It is ridiculous that he's not in the NFL right now. There's video of him working out in Houston Thursday afternoon. I mean, what is it going to take? Is it impossible for him to get back in the NFL at this point? Yeah, no, I think he's done. Um, and he was probably done when he, I think he sued the NFL. Uh, I'm not sure when it was, about a year ago or so, six, eight months ago. And I think at that point, that was the end of it. Uh, but, you know, the NFL just doesn't want to touch him. And, uh, you know, for, I, I think what the only thing that really bothers me, a couple of things bother me about it, but really bothers me is, is uh, when people say, uh, he's just not very good or he's not good enough or he sucked you know, his last couple of years or whatever it might be. It's just not true. Like I study quarterbacks for a living. I, I did it for 12 years in the NFL, did it for five years in college. That's what I know probably better than almost anything on this planet. He is one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the world, or at least he was two years ago when he was playing. He was on a terrible football team. The record wasn't very good, but he played okay. And, you know, Chase Daniel just got two years, $10 million, $7 million guaranteed. No offense to Chase, who has two career NFL starts. He's better than Chase Daniel. So at the worst, he's a backup. And then, you know, it says that Chase Daniel's making really good money. I like Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a really good player. He's getting $84 million guaranteed. You can't tell me. You can't tell me that Colin Kaepernick isn't in the same ballpark, in the same world uh, as Kirk Cousins as a quarterback to make $1 million and be on a roster to earn the team, uh, uh, make the team. He said he's not going to protest this year. Um, I think the, the whole thing is, is this. He did this protest. It's probably gonna, it, cost him, it did cost him his career, cost him the rest of his career. Uh, I, I think he was, when he decided to do it, he was willing uh, to, to take that risk. Uh, you know, the point has been proven. Uh, um, and, uh, and, and I think, you know, we're still talking about it 18 months later or two years later or whatever it's been. But we're still talking about, and I think that's the key to the whole po- protest. It was it was peaceful, and uh, it had long-lasting effects. The NFL is now putting in a ton of money uh, to try to uh, help out these players to sort of get what they want, and, uh, and you know, so, so I think he sort of got what he wanted out of the whole deal. Obviously, it cost him his job, but you know, sometimes that that's the sacrifice people have to make uh, as they're sort of fighting for equality in this country. Crazy story. It's gone on forever. NFL is a reality show. Colin Kaepernick. One of their main nemesis. They don't want him involved in the league. It could not be more crystal clear. Sage Rosenfeld's outstanding analysis. Loved having you on. Thanks for your time, bro. Thanks for having me on today. Love that knowledge from Sage Rosenfels. He's been in the meeting rooms with Kyle. He knows what this guy is looking for. Just an excellent point about Jarek McKinnon, too. 
if he was a slot receiver, this contract would not be viewed ridiculously. And you look, 14 different running backs had at least 50 receptions last year. Jarek McKinnon is one of them. A lot of them were dump-off passes. A lot of them just dinking and dunking down the field. But putting a priority in a playmaker in that dump-off spot with check 2 being your second tight end, flex piece, there's a lot of different buttons Kyle can hit. It's starting to shape up that way. And this latest trade with Daniel Kilgore bumps the 49ers cap room up to $53.5 million. Saves them $5.3 million in cap space just for a seventh round pick there. A couple spots, but hey, 49ers, they're going to be able to do this every offseason for quite a while here. Get two or three pretty solid players that are going to provide roles. Not superstar receivers. You can call Richard Sherman a superstar corner. It's more for his leadership and what he's going to teach his defense. They're not getting foolish in free agency yet, spending smart money, saving it for later on when that pass rusher does hit, when that piece they really do need. So 49ers, Sage and I got into it. Point I was trying to make there is they get matched up in the NFC. It will be up to Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, to kind of carry this team further. I don't think mano-a-mano, position by position, this team is completely stacked up yet to compete. They're getting there. They got another explosive player. They got their center for the next few seasons. Defense is really patchy right now. This team's going to have to score 28.8 points per game like they did in December, I think, to be very competitive. They will be. San Francisco 49ers, NFL free agency. Touched on Kaepernick there with Sage Rosenfels. He's working out in Houston, locking someone out of sports like this for political reasons. It's the NFL. You expect it, but it's just going to be a nonstop issue. They just should let him on a team. They're, they're foolish by locking this guy out. They're letting the ego get the best of them. The NFL is losing this PR war with Kaepernick, in my opinion. So many moves have been made. Just a ridiculous turnover on every roster right now. 49ers fans, keep your heads up. Don't need Allen Robinson. You don't need all these pieces right yet. Kyle Shanahan will fill this roster in. So will John Lynch. Adam Peters will get you a couple late round sleepers. And I think the faithful, you guys realize this too. There's a lot of belief in the direction this team's heading. Some teams are throwing crazy amounts of cash. Dolphins are cutting everyone. There's winners and losers all the time in free agency. 49ers look again like they're winning. They're not doing anything irrational. They're plugging some needs before you get to the draft. Now we know like Billy Price, that center, who was rumored to go to the 49ers second round, that's not going to happen. They're filling some needs now, which is huge and makes the best player available scenario more realistic in the NFL Draft. KJ Podcast. March Madness. It's the NFL Free Agency. It's not college basketball. I would be a fan of the Terrell Pryor signing. I would throw him one year, $2.5 million today. I would get him on the roster, make it a low guarantee, and say if you prove it, 
you're going to get money. If you have 35 receptions for us, we'll give you something. Terrell Pryor, they're not going to pull people off the field for him, but in a red zone package, him in the slot in the red zone, a little more athletic ability down there, I would not hate it. It sounds like the Browns, Seahawks, Rams, some other teams more interested, but just confirming that Mike Silver report. Pryor did actually not have history with Kyle Shanahan. People get that confused. Pryor got there in 2015. Kyle was in Atlanta at that time. So they did not overlap. I was shortly in the building with Pryor. Who knows? The Redskins, it just didn't work last year for some reason. He had a couple key drops early on in the year. He had some nagging injuries. It sucks because he bet on himself and lost, and that happens in the NFL. But he's definitely been a productive piece before transitioning. Speaking of that transition, Jarek McKinnon, how about that knowledge uh, from Sage transitioning from quarterback in at Georgia Southern? A smart guy who understands offensive line protections. Jarek McKinnon doesn't have a lot of miles on his body either. Bouncing all over the place, KJ Podcast, Thursday afternoon, San Francisco, California. I don't think the mood is the same if Kirk Cousins signs the three-year, $84 million deal with the 49ers. I think there's trepidation, not as much excitement as Jimmy Garoppolo has brought. Obviously, we've seen it on the field with him, 5-0. and He hasn't done a thing wrong, so... It is hard to compare. It is a hypothetical, but it was realistically the direction this team was going to go. And Kirk Cousins was going to be it or not for Kyle Shanahan. If that failed three years from now, Kyle Shanahan would be on the hot seat. So Kirk Cousins, a lot of pressure, great roster in Minnesota. They are set up to win now. He better be competing with Aaron Rodgers in that division. Minnesota... I don't know if they're going to be competing for a Super Bowl. I've got to be completely honest with Kirk Cousins. I see them falling short. As I said with Sage there, I see a first-round matchup and the 49ers beating the Vikings. I think the 49ers could beat Dallas. I think they could beat the Redskins. I think they could beat Carolina. Let's see how it all plays out. There's a lot more to go. We've seen a five-game sample size without Pierre Garçon, and I'm obsessed with that five-game sample size. Life comes at you fast in the NFL. Everyone knows this. Daniel Kilgore is moving to South Florida today. He had no idea that was happening yesterday. You never know in this league things can change even after you sign a contract. Two weeks after you sign a contract, you could be traded. You're trying to assemble the best 53. 49ers going to continue to do that. Tight end is a priority because of George Kittle's health. It's just such a physical game for him to be blocking and down the field getting leveled. So I would look for a tight end, possibly a receiver like Terrell Pryor. And I, I got to look at a middle linebacker here too. I like Brock Coyle, but you got to add more insurance there. 49ers, week one of free agency, KJ Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it with Sage Rosenfels. Arrow pointing up in the direction of the 49ers right now. Overpaid a little bit for two guys they needed. They needed an explosive playmaker. They needed a center to stabilize this offensive line in between two really good tackles. Now a guard doesn't become that big of a situation. You have a really good center. He's going to be helping out. KJ Podcast, we're out. We'll talk to you again on Monday.
reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family has big plans for Labor Day weekend, but our outfits aren't measuring up. Then get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's huge Labor Day sale is on now. Get 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, 50% off all tees, and 50% off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family. 50% off all those styles? That's a big deal. So is this. Styles start at just six bucks at Old Navy and Old Navy.com. Change of plans. We're spending the weekend at Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 830-93. Excludes in-store clearance. Active licensed and men's package tees. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.